It's about to get real with the MTV original reality TV star OGs, John and Beth, as they chat with great guests to discuss reality TV, music, pop culture, and real world life. Pick up your phone and go to wherever you get your podcast. Search for Getting Real with John and Beth. Turn it up. Getting Real starts now. Hey, Beth, what were you like as a little girl? What did you do? Did you play outside? Did you make Barbie castles? What, what were you like when you were young? You know what? I played a lot of sports. Huh? I played. Yeah, I played kickball, baseball, basketball, football. But like you were on an organized team. I would. Yeah, I used to be on teams and I used to get on my bike and pedal my way to the swimming pool every day. Yeah, I was. I was crazy on my bike. I, I actually have a scar on my leg because one time I wiped out and the brake, you know, the brake lever, the handbrake. It, yeah. The handbrake went through my jeans and into my leg. What caused that to happen? <laughs> like they don't just do that. By I just themselves. crashed. I fell. I fell. And so now I have like this terrible scar on my leg. Did you hit uh, a rock? Did you, were you doing something crazy? I think I, to... I think I popped a curb and then I was like going toward a tree and then I turned real quick. Oh, then, so it, yeah. it's like, so it's the same as riding in the car with you. I got you. Oh, I got no, you. Yeah. Not. I popped a curb and I was heading for a trail. You know, that's funny. I didn't, that's what I, people think I'm from Kentucky. I'm definitely a Kentucky boy, but when I was a young boy, I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. And this is in the eighties. So there was like, not a big city there. It was a desert. We used to ride our bikes in, in the desert. Like I would get on my bicycle, my BMX, like mongoose bike and had like the little pegs on the back where a second rider could stand. And we thought we'd be fancy. And we put like a little race number plate on the front handlebars. And, and yeah, I remember, I remember handbrakes, but I also remember, I remember pedal brakes and I would ride my bike everywhere, like all over the place. And you know, there were no phones. It was actually before video games. I remember when Atari came out. And so before that, we just had swimming pools and bicycles. And I mean, I don't really see kids riding bicycles a whole lot nowadays, but it was a huge part of my childhood. I still have a bike. I need to, I need to pose it off and, and do some exercise on it probably. But do you have a, a bike currently? You ride a bicycle? I do. And I got to ride it more so I can, I can get in shape and hopefully keep being active. And, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to stay fit, you know, just in case I get that call to be on another challenge, John, oh, I'm hoping, hoping that you, you and I get a call to be on an, uh, another challenge. That would be, that would be something. That would be something. Cause I'd really yeah. like to really love an opportunity to win a million dollars. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't like an opportunity to win a million dollars, but I'm telling you, bicycling was a, a huge part of my childhood. And so when I YouTube our guest today and I see the crazy, crazy things that BMX riders, especially this legendary BMX rider who's become our good friend, especially cast members that have been on the challenge. TJ Lavin is joining us today. We are so glad it's his birthday. He's taking time out to be with us on his birthday. Welcome TJ Lavin. So TJ, welcome to Getting Real with John and Beth. I was just telling Beth that as a young man, I drove my bicycle all over Phoenix, Arizona. That's what I did when I went outside to play. I rode my bike and I had a mongoose and I had a diamond back. So which one's better? Mongoose. Ooh, nice. nice. <laughs> They're both the same. <laughs> They're both cool. You know, whatever. They're awesome. Back then it was really, they were really cool. Both of them. Yeah. So back in like the day, BMX was like the coolest thing ever. How did you become this legendary BMX or was that always something like in your heart that you wanted to do? No, I mean, there was never any pro dirt jumpers, which is what I was. There was just pro riders and, and freestylers or pro 
racers. And so I didn't even think about that stuff. I just did what I wanted to. And that was build jumps in the dirt and build awesome kickers and doing, you know, doing all the tricks and whatever. And then all of a sudden the X games came out in 95 and I was like, man, I think I could hang with those dudes. And then sure enough, I beat them in the first pro contest I ever entered, which was in 95 at the end of the year after they were in the X games, I watched them became fans. I became a fan of theirs. And then I went against them in 95 at the end of the year. It was crazy. So you knew you were good. So then, yeah, I figured out like I was, a, I was pretty good at this game. So then I was like, man, maybe I should do this. <laughs> no, like before, before the contest, were you like, I'm excellent at this. Like I'm going to win. You know what? I didn't know if I was going to win, but I knew I had a chance. I was on the airplane on the way there and I was sitting with my boat, my, my friends. And I was like, what if I won this thing? And they were like, yeah, right, dude, shut up. And they were like, dude, maybe you could, I don't know. Who knows? And I was like, dude, I think I can do it, man. And like, they were like, you're tripping, you know? Cause I mean, these are like the guys that just won the X games. And so it was almost impossible. And so then I pulled it off and it was crazy. Well, all humility aside, how, how long did you dominate BMX? Um, <laughs> I mean, like I never, I never dominated it. I just did real well for a lot of contests in a row. And then, and then me and this other dude were battling the whole, the whole time. Me and like probably five guys, you know, that could win at any moment, battled it out. And they were all awesome riders, same thing. And it was just like back and forth and, and different, you know, we had a lot of badass riders back then. So even today, I mean, there's there's five or ten dudes that can win any contest. So it was really hard to do that, to win multiple times and win big events, which is like that was probably my specialty was the biggest events. I would show up and do the biggest things that I could do on the biggest jumps without fear. And so mm-hmm. I just would do figure that out. And then I would just only have to like I figured out like how to peak and ride that peak and then just drop down and relax and who cares get fat chill out who cares and then all of a sudden just get fit get ripped get going do it and then go back up peak at the right moment and then back down so i was always like that guy that would be ramping up the training and then boom exact moment that mattered you know to almost like if it was our super bowl like okay cool i'm gonna lose a bunch of games in a row and then go back there and just dominate that thing you know so it's like that one contest, you'll show up for it. And it's, it's like the one. Now, you do take so much confidence and skill. Like, where do you think your confidence comes from? Well, I don't do that stuff anymore, Beth. Because <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you don't. I know you don't. But still, like, <laughs> but, you know, at such a young age, right? Oh, like, that you were so fearless and you had so much confidence. Like, where do you think that confidence came from? I think it was preparation, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, so prepared because I rode every day. All I did was ride. That's it. I loved it so much that nothing else mattered. So when you're that immersed into something, you know that you're okay at it. You know what I mean? You know you can get it done. So it's it's a different level of confidence when you have so many hours put in on the bike that it's almost impossible to beat you uh, with with the amount of hours that you put in. So like, because there's not that many hours in the day. And that's how much I rode. So it was like five to six hours minimum of just straight jumping every single day and and doing tricks and doing all the repetitiveness. And it was just like another day at the beach for me when we go to a contest. It was just like so fun and 
hanging with my boys, hanging all the guys on the deck were my friends. And it was just like, it was a great time, you know? Do you watch it now and have like up and comers? You just look at them and go, wow, these guys are off the chart or do you yes. think it's gotten better? Yes. No, I, I just can't believe the things that they're doing. Like the, the tricks that are getting pulled off are so unheard of. I mean, they're, they're video game tricks. They're really impossible. And, and they were doing it, man. Wow. Wow. So, so here's the big question that Beth and I have been talking about is, is how does an amazing BMX rider end up a legendary host of a show like the challenge? How, how does that happen? Like, how did it happen? How did that transition? Is that a plan of yours or? No, not even close. Like, I mean, Vinny Potestivo from MTV actually found me. He was here at my house when in 99, I had a backyard barbecue and everything was going great. And it was like, okay, cool. There was a dude on my back porch, sweeping the porch and hanging out and whatever. And then I was like, hey, come in, I'll build you a quesadilla. And I did. And so we became friends. And so then we were tight, we're hanging out and whatever. And then every year the guy would call me on my birthday. And I was like, that is so weird. Like he was such a sweetheart of a guy. Like I like that guy. So we became friends. And then I was in New York City one time and he was like, come over to my office. And I'm like, an office? And he said, yeah, I have an office here in Times Square. And I was like, man, that's crazy. I was like, oh, sure, I'll go there. So I did, walked in and there's rainbows everywhere. And I'm like, Vinny, are you gay? He goes, yeah. And I go, oh, thank God. And he just started <laughs> laughing. He's like laughing his ass off. And I was like, oh, thank God, man. Because there'd be no women left for the rest of us. And like, just trying to make it, you know, let them know that it, I'm cool with that. I like, I like that. That doesn't matter, dude. We're boys. And, uh, and, and no matter what, I love you. You're, you're my man. So, and uh, he was, he was like, so like taken off guard by that. He was like, dude, do you want a show? Just like, that. <laughs> swear to God. He said that. And I said, no, I said, what do you mean? What show? Like, like, what are you talking about? He goes, the challenge. And at first I said, no because that's Dave Mira's show. That's my friend. And I was like, no, that's Dave's show, dude. Don't worry about it. He goes, no, I think he's over it. I think he's done. And I go, really? He goes, yeah. I, I said, all right, well, let me call him. I called him right there in his office. And then Dave was like, yeah, dude, do it. You'll love it. It's so fun. You'll do it for like one or two seasons and then, uh, and then you'll be done with it, but it's really good. You know, I was like, all yeah. right, cool. So I, uh, all I right. said, yeah, I'll take it. I said, all right, I'll do it. And, and then he was like, okay, it's yours. And then, and then he, he took, he walked me into the office of the main lady of all of them, Jackie French, right? So he goes, takes me to Jackie French and he's like, Hey, we found a new host for the challenge. And then Jackie was like, great. I was worried about that. And then, and then I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. I didn't even know. I was just in New York to hang out, like, and sign with, or sign with William Morris at the time. I was thinking about signing with them. So then long story longer they they said that we had to make these videos and it was me Corey Nastasio, and Keir Dillon I think the snowboarder the pro snowboarder he's really good looking badass dude cool guy and I thought for sure he was going to get it and then I told them to take Corey Nastasio because I was still winning and I was still riding bikes and I was like I don't need to do the show like if because we sat at a round table at Buna Murray and Justin Booth said, if you were us, who would you take? And I said, I would take Corey Nastasio. He has more charisma in his pinky than any 10 people I know, including myself. He's badass. 
This is consistent with all Bean and Murray productions. You didn't want the show. You're trying to talk your way out of it. That's how I got in the real world. I didn't want it. And, but just to recap, went to New York, told your friend, Hey, you're gay and it's okay. And he said, do you want a show? That's the story. story. (laughs) I think there's a lot of scenarios. We thought, you know, this is how the story unfolded. I don't think anybody thought that was it. Yeah. That's that. I mean, I swear to you that, 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 that is damn near almost word for word. So unbelievable. Like, he and I, and then he and I became real tight. We're, we're still friends to this day. And uh, he's, he's Vinny Potestivo. He is the baddest dude. I love him. So, and Jackie French, obviously she's, she's my girl. So then, so we sent in the tapes and we did all the things, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Justin was like, we're going to go with Corey Nastasio. And I was like, yes, that's the guy you want to go with. And then MTV was like, no, you're taking TJ. He's your host. And then Justin was like, all right whatever, I'll just do whatever I got to do. And then he did. And then we did. And then in Trinidad and Tobago and the first Unbelievable. ever segment that I did on the show, Justin was like, you're my host. This is it. Oh, everything so happens for a reason. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with TJ Lavin. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And we're back getting real with John and Beth with TJ Lavin. So your very first challenge, you're in Trinidad and Tobago. Your very first challenge. I mean, what did you think? Like, did you, have you ever watched the challenge before? 
You started hosting I, it? I didn't. I didn't watch the challenge. Watched it once or twice just because Dave was on it and he's my friend. And I and I didn't really watch TV at all. I didn't even have cable or nothing. I was just like, <laughs> uh, you know, satellite. Or, I didn't have none of that. So I was just like riding bikes. That's it. That's all that mattered, you know? And and yeah. so when, when I first got there, there was 36 people, I think, the first season. I was there. I, I was there. Yeah. All of you were famous, but I, I didn't really know any better. So it was cool because <laughs> we we're just talking, you know, we we're just talking like we're friends and then we just became friends and that's exactly what happened. And so I just did that. That's like crazy. talked like it was my friends and like Justin handed me a whole script and he's like, here, read this. And it was pouring rain. Do you remember that, Beth? It was pouring Ooh, rain. It started you were all on rain. floating yeah. barges. Yes. And, and so, and they, I was like, well, I guess we're just going to do this in the rain. And like, I just natural with it and just, just did whatever I could. And then Jeff Schmidt was there as well. And Justin was like, what do you think, Jeff? And Jeff was like, that was it. So it was cool. That's crazy. That is great. So, so TJ, you came in, in challenge number 11, right? Really? And yeah. Yeah. I was I was on challenge one, five and 10, and you started on 11. They're now on 39. 39 is airing. You and I have never met. I don't, li I don't like that. Yeah, right. I've stalked you on Instagram and you've been so kind to banter back and forth and to appear here on the podcast, but I've never met you. I don't like it. We're going to have to meet in person. I, I love watching you, by the way. You're the perfect host. You're an awesome host. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate you probably the have the best job in reality television. It's got to be fun, right? I mean, honestly, like you have the best job in all of reality television. Seriously. Yeah, like, I know. I feel did the you heat. Ever like... think, did you ever think when you were young that you would have such a successful career being a host of the most popular long running reality shows? No. No That's way. Crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, like I definitely loved Carson Daly and I was mm. like, Carson's awesome. You know, he's, he's, he's badass. And, and like, and then he came over to my house and he was cool as hell. And, and I was like, that guy's awesome. That guy's really cool. But I never thought in a million years that I would even be close to Carson Daly or somebody like that. That was like a host of a popular MTV show. And well, and, and, he's awesome. You're awesomer. You are you are one of the greatest hosts on television, honestly. Thank you, man. I Pe appreciate it. People Thank watch so this show because it's outrageous, but you you make it you make it really awesome and fun to watch. I think a lot of fans would say you're you're their favorite part. So we want to jump into some nitty-gritty because we, you know, we could talk to you for a long time, but we promised not to steal a lot of your time on your birthday. But as this show has gone on, okay, you started on season eleven and now we're on thirty-nine plus some all-star seasons and some other things too, world championship seasons. Have, have you seen it like, like get, I mean, I know you've seen it get more and more involved. Like, are you amazed that the crazy things we're doing now and we're seeing and you're, you're watching and orchestrating has just gotten so outrageously crazy. Like do you watch it and go, we're doing that now. I mean, you can, you can, you can say one guy brought it from zero to hero on the show, you know, and that's Justin Booth. Like he, he orchestrated the making the movie of the challenge, right? So like his first season being the showrunner was my first season being the host. So we've, we've kind of been together the entire time, morphing it into what it is today. And, and he's, he's, I think he's the responsible one to make that happen. You know what I mean? He's the guy that, that, that made the challenge look like a movie and make everybody look like movie stars. 
on this reality television show that that was just this cool challenge thing, you know, and he made it like and just embraced it and just became, all right, we're going to make this thing insane. And and they're going to do some of the craziest things off the tallest towers in Australia or <laughs> the tallest towers in Buenos Aires or wherever. It was just the most insane thing. And then he brought it to where we were doing two locations per challenge. Now we're going to fly to wherever. And that is the biggest undertaking that you could ever imagine, like trying to move an entire crew to Iceland or move an entire crew to wherever to do the final. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to do something like this. And we're in there with like trucks and trucks of baggage and cameras and tapes. And back then we had tapes too. Yeah. When we, we first started, you know? So oh, I remember tapes. Just got rid of the tapes soon, like very recent. Like it's <laughs> crazy. But we had these tapes that were just so heavy and they're everywhere. And there's there's cameras everywhere and there's people everywhere. And we're all gathering onto these airplanes to fly wherever. It's insane. I mean, you got to be a little bit crazy to think that's a good idea. Well, on the first challenge, I was with some real world people and it was all real world people. And we had to, you know, repel down skyscraper in New Zealand. Now you've got Beth jumping out of helicopters while they're doing a challenge in midair and stuff like, like it's, what are you going to possibly come up with next? I mean, do you watch these challenges and go, oh, you're reading this before you tell the cast what you're doing? You're like, have you ever just been like, yeah, what's the most amazing thing? Uh, Emer. Emer Harkin's another one that's like she's a she's a go-getter, she a killer. And she puts she she came out of the a, a lot of the 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 showrunners have have learned a lot of their techniques and and what they want to do with the with the challenges and stuff from Booth and they 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 make it gnarly and they make it like you got to eat this or do that or whatever. And and Emer is a, is a killer too. She like does some of the wildest things I've ever seen. And I'm like, "Oh my I don't think they can do that. And she's like, they'll do it. And I'm like, Emer, I'm not sure. She's like, they'll, they'll get it done. I'm like, all right. And then they do. So she's right. You know, and, and some, I mean, like there's, there's, there's showrunners that are, that are doing the, the show. Like I would do it, which is like, like Ryan or, or something like, or Lisa. That's like, we gotta go. You know, and she's like one of those, like, we gotta go. We gotta get this thing done. Like these, these people are, are, are killing me. And I appreciate that when it's like that. But but then there's like like Kevin Lee, he's he's a showrunner. Every time it's different, like right. So when I'm doing a world championship, Kevin Lee or, or whatever, and we stand out elimination site for four and a half hours and it's still going, I'm just like, oh my, my but gosh. yeah. I, we I, love Kevin. I've Kevin was the showrunner for our homecoming that we just recently did. So he Kevin. like he he like we got to let them play out. We got to let them play out. We can't, you know, sorry, dude. And I'm like, that's cool. Hey, yeah, we do. And I learned it from Justin. So I'm like, yeah, dude, cool. Let it play out. Cause we never ever have fixed the game. Have never done anything like that ever in the history of the world. Has, oh, wow. Have we purposely fixed the game or made something weird or manipulated or produced any game in the history of the world ever? That was one of the questions happened. actually. That's and a that big is, comment. That has never happened in the world ever so if anybody says that they're full of it because it's never it's never been done and i'm i'm there to tell you if it was we would have done it on one of those days that i'm standing out there for eight hours at at a challenge and there's just no end in sight you know what i'm saying like there's no way that 
they're going to get this done. And we just stay there because it has to be fair. So Justin's made me stand out there in Turkey. We were standing out there for, I mean, eight hours, probably maybe nine. Elimination. Which elimination was it? That wasn't even an elimination. That was just a challenge that we didn't want to mess up. We couldn't mess up the, the challenge. We couldn't have any kind of manipulation. So we just stood there and watched them fail over and over and over. And it was like, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. The sun is going down. They're going to get it. It doesn't matter. Like we'll never, ever do that. So that's why it makes me so angry when somebody says that it's fixed and it's produced. And I'm like, Mm. no, it's not, dude. It's not because if it was, we wouldn't have stood out there for hours. Right. Well, they don't see that. They don't see that. So to them, it didn't happen. What's the big, what's the biggest challenge like for you? What's the one that's just the freakiest? Oh my goodness. Even, even me, thank goodness, I don't have to do that. What's the one that just stands out that you couldn't Um, I think eating things wouldn't be good for me, man. I would not want to eat some of the stuff that's going down. Any of the physical things I would do or try or be a part of any jumping, any freestyle, what, you know, you know, like, like, like any Canyon swings or anything like that. I mean, do you do that? Like before the cast arrives, you, you try it out sometimes. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll do it after. So everybody left in Thailand, for instance. And that one dude jump off the, the canyon swing. And I was like, dude, you're going to regret that. And he didn't. And he no, he does regret it now. Um, by the way, I think it was Corey. But he, he was like, man, I wish I would have jumped off that thing. And I went there later and did it. I did a handstand off of it and fell into the canyon. Like, just to see how it felt. And it was, it was awesome. I loved it. But I was like, man, you, you really, really can't go into these things without trusting the stunt guys. Because the stunt guys have got you. You know what I mean? So very safe. Yeah, I mean, and you know, sometimes I I freak out and I get scared, and then I'm just I'm just in my head and I can't get out of it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's tough it's part when you're, of it, for you sure. get in that headspace, right? Because yeah. it is really mental. It is really mental. A lot of those things. Ninety-five percent of all athletics is mental. So yeah. when you get to a certain level, right? So if it's bull riding, or if it's motocross, or if it's BMX, or if it, whatever it is in the world. It's 95% mental once you get to a certain level. So once you up your game to where you are pro at whatever it is, it's 95% mental. And that's what brings you above to win. So do you watch, like, I mean, I was, I was talking to Beth cause she's, you know, been on challenges way more recent and she's, you know, quite frankly, big name, which I want to get your opinion about her controversy. But I mean, it, this show is about the challenge that you're, facilitating and then and then there's a whole lot of like 50 percent of the stuff that happens in the drama in the house and and so i mean elaborate on on how big of a part that each one is i think that the actual challenge is is the is 99 percent for me okay? okay but but the drama and all that stuff is probably the flip side for everybody else like for the fans and things like that but at the same time you got to get that challenge done to get paid to get mm. money you know what i mean if you want to get money the real money is at the end. When you make it to the end, you make it to the final, and then you dominate that final. That's where it's at. So that's where you want to get, and that's what you want to do if you want to make some money. And that's, I mean, that's that should be your your goal is to get there and make it happen. You know, if you want to go there and and fight or do whatever, then that's great. I love you for that. But at the same time, we need you to perform on that challenge if you want to get paid. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the goal is to win that money at the end. I mean, do you show up on set sometimes? The the drama uh, <laughs> comes to this challenge of the elimination and you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, here? yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> um, because... 
I get the about last nights, and and yeah. uh, when Michael J. Nelson writes them, I read every single word because it's so entertaining. And yeah. and and you guys are so crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, really? This happened that overnight. Happened? This oh happened. Oh my god, no way. So it's funny. So yeah. Then I'm prepared for what's going to happen on the challenge. Yeah, you put reality stars in any house, trust me, it's going to go nuts. So I've known Beth for 31 years, met as roommates on The Real World. Uh, we've been on challenges. She continues to be on challenges. And, and she's got this reputation for being, you know, a pot stirrer. And, you know, she showed up in the side-by-side unexpectedly on the beach in, in, in a recent season. And, and, you know, people are like, oh, it's Beth or some, you know, some, not everybody has that reaction, but where do you think that reaction for my beloved roommate and co-host comes from? Oh, uh, I think, I think she's probably been, first of all, she's been around the block. All right. So she knows what's, what's what, and she knows what makes good television as well. She definitely turns it up, the volume up. Cause if you see Beth, Beth off the show, she's cool as a fan. She's, mm-hmm. she's a cool chick. So it's no big deal. But if you see her on the show, she might be a little bit different. And they know that that Beth is coming to play. Mm-hmm. They know that she's coming True to do story. whatever she's got to do. Uh-huh. And, and, and like that's all of probably them. why. That's, I think that's probably why, if I had to guess. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not, to be honest, I don't really watch the show because like, I'm embarrassed. Cannot stand myself. Like, I will never watch this podcast. I can't do it's it. It's hard to watch like, yourself, right? It's, it's so disgusting. hard to watch I yourself. I cannot stand it. I, Pictures, I can hear myself. Sound of your own watch voice. myself. And it's crazy because yeah. I sing, too, like, and play guitar and do my yeah. thing. But I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hear it. And if I yeah. do, I want to be in private. I don't want yep. anybody else to see it. With I, I relate. I oh relate. When they, they would the send us way. videotapes of the real world. And I, I couldn't watch them with anybody. And, I, you know, yeah. it's like looking at pictures of yourself. Yeah. No one likes to look at pictures of themselves. Right. The right. sound of our own voice. Yeah, we can relate to that for sure. So a, a big friend to, to the show, to our podcast, and, and, and really Beth and I in life is, is Cyrus. And there was this, this highlight that keeps coming up all the time where, you know, you and Cyrus got in each other's face. Just, just competition was going. I mean, you weren't in the competition, yeah. but. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, cause I was just some BMX kid. Like I, like I told you, like I was not a television host and nor did I have any kind of professionalism in my body for that genre. I didn't care. And, and I also trained like jujitsu and fighting and stuff. So I thought I could whoop anybody's ass. Like no problem is what I thought. You know what I mean? And now looking back at it, I'm like, you're so stupid. But that, that, that was a cocky uh, BMX that couldn't lose type attitude you know what i mean that's the guy that was trying to go at cyrus or cyrus going at me and i'm like not backing down and i'm like neither one of us were backing down you know what i mean we're both in our prime and both very both in our prime both egos male it's like it's it's wild so yeah and now we're both real good friends and cool and like i love the guy so yeah he's 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 one of my best dudes that i like you know i mean he's like i love the guy so do you um, think pointing a camera at any situation, like on the challenge or on a reality show at all, you point a camera at somebody, there's almost like this, this impulse to, I got to ham it up a little bit more than I would if there were no cameras here. I think that there are people that do that. I didn't even know there was a camera there at the moment that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that, that, like that didn't even come into my mind. I don't, I don't think that Cyrus was hamming it up. I mean, I think no, he wasn't it, either. it's just, you know, 
we've all got a competitive spirit, right? So yeah, for sure. sometimes we lose our cool, like when we're yeah. like, Hey, no, you know, like about the rules and what's happening. And so yeah. it gets a little crazy. Like I yeah. does. Oh man, why did I do that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know what else? If, if they didn't, if people didn't really care, then there would be no, uh, any kind of pushback. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you get used to losing and losing is not a big deal to you, or you don't really care about the game anyway, then you're not going to have any kind of emotion. Whereas when we're doing this and we get really pissed or really worried or whatever, it's a whole different level. Hmm. So just some rapid fire questions. Uh, do you have any say in the casting process or do they, they listen to your ideas in some areas, but not others? Not. Yeah. Like, I mean, they really don't listen to my ideas at all. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> like, like the only time they listen to my ideas is I send them videos of things that I find or see, or, or if I'm doing something, I'll send them a video and I'll be like, Hey, let's do this. And then, and then um, they'll be like, Oh, that'd be great. Let's do it. Or if a game doesn't work, quite right they might ask my opinion and i'll help them out if if i get in there and it works you know what i mean if if, if i come up with a good idea great but but, but as a, as far as casting goes i leave that to them and they, they all do the casting because they're that's what they do you know they're, they're they're professionals they do that and and i wish them the best that's so about fe- it. female best player of the game i mean car maria has got to be hard to beat you know she's she's probably the best player who else is on that same tier who else would be second or third who's on that same tier for a man or a woman yeah female we're gonna do male Uh, in just a second okay tj's gonna think about that we're gonna take a quick break all right we're back we're putting tj on the hot seat female cara marie is is the top dog who who would be on the same level there yeah cara cara maria is is probably the best one you know what? Like, who's who's one of my favorites that that never wins is Nani. I mm. love Nani. She's she's so sweet and she's so cool and she tries so hard that I I like I like Nani. So I'm I'm hoping that she can get it done this season, but we'll we'll see. All right, let's play the males. Uh, Top dog. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time is probably Derek King. Oh, because he has so much try hard and good friend of mine. Quit. And that's another one of the eliminations that took three hours mm. was him and, and Joss fighting on that pole wrestle. And okay. I mean, we never, ever wrote character. We just stayed in it the whole entire time. Three hours, them wrestling. And who won? And Derek won. Who won that? Derek, Derek so, won. Wow. So, so yeah, who, who's the best male player, though, of the challenge? Mm. I got to say, overall, I mean, you got to say bananas. Bananas? Really? Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I didn't expect that. Bananas? I, I, expected, I did not expect you to say I that. I expected you to say CT, CT. or Jordan, and I was going to yeah, make CT, CT or Jordan are definitely up there, for sure. But I would as say far George. as Jordan, Jordan is definitely huge. I mean, he is one of the best players, for sure. But you can't just account for him being so athletic and so talented he doesn't have the the the, the political game that bananas, bananas has. has that yeah so that bananas has the political game to, to smash anyone and and so and then ct has the burden of being ct you know so he has the he's such a threat he's way too big and buff and broke can smash anyone in a hall brawl or whatever right so you think about that and nobody wants to mess with them so 
they they don't throw them in half the time, but then they do because they want to get rid of them. Whereas bananas, they're like, oh, I could whoop bananas, and then and then they don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's 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 I think overall player you can't can't argue with titles, right? So he's the winningest player ever. So he's the well, guy. Well, yeah, he's but, been uh, he he gets yeah, he, he gets cast I mean, the if, most. Yeah, so if and, you're if you're on the show thirty times, then you've yeah. got a better shot. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good. Whereas point. Jordan hasn't been on as many times as Bananas, and he probably yeah, uh, and, and I haven't true. been on in a couple of decades, and I would I would probably beat them on. You get to stay on the show until you win nowadays, TJ. That's the problem I'm having. You know what, John? <laughs> you know what? I hope I hope the challenge producers are watching this. And, you know, I we got to get John. We got to get John back. You know, on the I just want to hang. You know, I just want to hang with TJ and play guitar. You know, I don't yeah, necessarily want to live in a house. Too, with these freaking weird people that are reality TV has become. I just want to play guitar with TJ. We have we have a, a closing segment and we're gonna let you go and celebrate your birthday. But Beth, you TJ, have some- I want to ask you, do you what do you think the difference is between the old school people and the newer school people? Um, it's the same difference as the new school people are the MTV people and the CBS people. It's it's gritty. The old school people are grittier they're they're scrappier and they have a little more of that and then the new school people are more strategic i think they're probably a little bit smarter to think about what they're going to do and and they're more model like you know and whatever but like i'm definitely on the grittier older (laughs) like that that side of things and the the new school kids it's the same as riding a bike same as action sports same as everything the old school people are way more grittier and, and dirty and just get it done. And and the word can be used time and time again. It's gritty. So like they say, what is the difference between MTV and CBS? I say the MTV kids are grittier and and they have more gusto, whereas CBS kids are just beautiful and more strategic and, and they have a science to it. So I would think that's the same as the old school and new school MTV as well. That's a great nice. answer. I want to know about your music. Now, who are your, who are your maybe top three musical artists that you love to listen to inspired you to play guitar? Somebody that's inspired me a lot is this kid, Michael Richter. He's coming out of Vegas right now. I mean, he's a killer. I've been going to open mics with this kid since he was a teenager and now he's just shining. He's, you know, taking off. He's a rocket ship. He, he's my favorite artist right now. Michael Richter. I love Vance Joy. Uh, Vance Joy's out of Australia. He's another singer-songwriter. They're they're both singer-songwriters, guitar guys. I love Vance Joy a lot too. Um, I am probably the world's biggest Coldplay fan, which mm. is so Coldplay. weird, right? Wow, out of awesome. nowhere, like I weird. just love those guys. I yeah. I love those guys. Great I love music. what they're about. I think they're they're just really cool. And I've seen them twice now, and I've never seen anybody twice in my life except my director, of course, because. He plays with me all the time, but but he's my favorite dude. Then then Vance Joy is probably my second favorite, and Coldplay is my favorite band. Wow! I want to know what your favorite Coldplay song is. You know what? I like them all, but I like you know Champion of the World is really good. I love that one. I think Paradise is sick, but Champion of the World is probably my favorite because it's like about riding bikes and stuff. It's pretty cool. Mm. You still ride your bike? You ever get on a bike? Nah, I ride, I ride mountain bikes a little bit here and there, but I don't really yeah. risk it on the BMX anymore. But I am going to ride again sometime, but just can't do it right now. 
Well, we appreciate your time on your birthday Thank and you, we'd love to have you back another time. And, you know, obviously no spoilers ever here, but just, I want to just say as a viewer and as a former participant, man, thanks for making the show. Awesome. You are, you are probably definitely one of the greatest parts of the challenge, which is a hugely successful running show. And thanks for taking time to be on. Thanks for being such a cool cat. And thanks for making the show. Great. Hey, I really, really appreciate you, John. And you know what? You were going to ask me, what about country? And yeah. my, my country stars are John Brennan. <laughs> yeah. You Brennan. are the greatest host yes. on television. <laughs> and Garth Brooks. Those Man, two. those are, those are I great. I like those two. Well, I think I need to come open for Garth in Vegas, and you should emcee the event. I would love that. I, I would, would love, love that. that. You two have to get together and jam out. Yeah, uh, yeah. John, I would come love to Vegas. that. I'm to coming Vegas. to Vegas. Oh, we're coming to Vegas soon. Biff. We're coming to Vegas soon. And you guys are going to jam out. John yes. and Biff in Vegas with TJ. Yes. Man, yes. Happy birthday. We love you. Thank you. Thank you guys very Have much. Have a Appreciate great day. You, man. Happy care. birthday, TJ. Have a good one, Beth. See you. You've been listening to Getting Real with John and Beth on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Executive produced by Christian Swain and Peter Firioli. Edited by Michael DeVestia. Produced by Lindley Ehrlich. Hosted by Bess Delarchek and John Brennan. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow Beth at Best Real World and follow John at JohnBrennan.com. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at Getting Real with John and Beth. Until next time, keep it real. Beth! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.